Black History Month was in February, mm. of which uh, February is not enough to be able to capture all the events and be able to celebrate and what actually Black History Month means. And this is more of a, a continuation of a Black History Month that should always be observed, not only in February. Hello everyone, my name is Shuming Shi. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the co-host for Talk of the Hill. Today I'm joined by Shigonia, Harmony, and Kola, uh, who will be talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and its representation in media, arts, and culture. Before we dive into our episode, we would like to acknowledge that the land on which we record this podcast is the unceded territory of Lusque. This territory is covered by the Treaties of Peace and Friendship, which the Lusque, Mi'kmaq, and Passamaquoddy peoples first signed with the British Crown in 1725. As an immigrant settler of color in Canada, I admit that I found it difficult to understand my role in oppression of Indigenous people. My family of Chinese descent came to North America for better opportunities, and I thought that because we did not have a direct involvement in their oppression meant that we weren't directly a part of their historical events. However, I realized that this line of thinking was incredibly flawed. I'm complicit in benefiting from settler colonialism. The education I receive and the jobs I have were all made possible through colonial violence committed by the Canadian government forcefully stealing land from Indigenous people. I encourage our listeners to think about your own relationship with the land to better understand your role in oppression and find ways to be better allies for Indigenous people. Without further ado, uh, I'll let Kola and Shagonia and Harmony give brief introductions about themselves, pronouns, what they like doing, and if you want, include your favorite food. So hi everyone, my name is Kola. Uh, I go by he, him. Uh, I like working out and dancing. And my favorite food is uh, anything, honestly, but lately I've been into poutine, so which is a good thing. My name is Shagonya. Um, a UNB student in electrical engineering, and I'm currently working on my startup company that name is called uh, Flourish with an aim of being able to connect local sellers to local buyers. And by pronoun, I go with him, he, and in French, il. Uh, what I love doing is, um, I'm more of an introvert. So I like spending time by myself and on my computer because I can always like, I can spend 24 seven on a computer and without anybody and I can feel good. And my favorite food is ugali nyamachoma. Uh, that's Swahili. And in English, I can describe it as a roasted beef, some vegetables, and fufu in French. I don't know how we call fufu in English. That's a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Harmony Adeshoa. My pronouns are he, him. I'm, an, uh, I'm a creative. I'm an artist, videographer, actor. And uh, my favorite food is um, spaghetti. We're currently in March, and last month was Black History Month. What is the significance of this month to you? How we should be celebrating it, not only in the month of February, but just acknowledging it throughout the year and kind of just elaborating in that aspect. So what I think about Black History Month, what it means to me, Lately, I'm more of, I, I subscribe to the idea of a Black Future Month um, because, well, history is history. And um, it's happened, events in the past have happened. And I think um, we can always acknowledge that, you know, certain events did take place and needs to be remembered for in order to move forward. But I also believe in a future month because, well, we are the future. And I think we should talk more about building the future than more about um, talking about history, which over time, I think, to me, gets boring because you certainly know some of the stories and some of the historical events that have taken place. And you've probably seen some movies and I've seen some movies about slavery, about, you know, abolition of segregation. But I don't, I see little about, no information about the, the future of Black people. So. I think more focus, especially during this month, and as Sagunia said, beyond um, just February, 
is to think about the future and how um, everyone involved can be part of this uh, movement. It is important to note that our celebrating or celebration of Black History Month should not stop when the month of February ends because uh, it's an accumulation of centuries of injustices and suffering that uh, cannot be addressed in just one month. And that's one of the reasons why uh, this movement should continue until the day when every Black Lives Matter becomes a reality. And February should always be the beginning uh, whereby we start observing Black History Month beyond the surface. And when I come back to the first question that we are supposed to address, what does Black History Month means to me? It's all about uh, celebrating our differences and similarities that are, exist between Black people and other races, and also shouting about Blackness, Black excellency, and the contribution that the Black community has contributed to this country. Uh, despite the generational trauma that was imposed on us, on Black people by colonization, neocolonization, and racism that is always there and we still face it in 20th century. And also celebrating Black culture, you know, back then weren't allowed to be happy about being Black and we're off, often, you know, frowned upon for you know, doing certain things, you know, doing this and doing that just because we we're Black, you know, weren't celebrated. So this, like the Black History Month is to remember all what the Black race has been through and also to celebrate all the interesting things, you know, Black people do in terms of music, you know, fashion, clothes, art and all that. It's more of like a celebrate, celebrative season, more of anything. You know, that's like why I would appreciate when people, you know, come up to me on, on Black History Month and say, yo, Harmony, happy Black History Month. I wouldn't take it as an offense. I'll take it more as like a thank you. Appreciate that. I, I guess I didn't talk about what it means to me. Um, and if I was going to say what it means to me, well, I think what it means to me is just a time to sit back and, and reflect. And, and I think it means more important to me because, well, uh, I'm a black person, I identify as a black person. It's a time for me to heal um, in ways that I can and and, and, and in different and different aspects, not just thinking about racism and all the time, but thinking about how I can progress as a as a black man in society. When I when I hear the term Black Lives Matter, I hate to say it, but I just I just think of it as something as because I've heard I've heard it a lot from people who don't really care and who don't really mean the term Black Lives Matter. So I hear it in a, I, I think of it in a sense of like a tokenism of some sort, but originally what it really means to me and what it should mean is the fact that we are the, correct me if I'm wrong, we're the most um, race that has been put to dirt and just been through a lot. So when I hear Black Lives Matter, it means that we matter first, as first foremost before any other thing, because we're the ones who have been most impacted by whatever nonsense this world has been through. You know what I mean? Like it's something that's been going on for years and years and years. So when Black Lives Matter has been said and it's being spoken and being gestured with the fist, it's just to a sign of to put us in front for anything else. Now, not saying nothing else matters, but just saying that everything else will matter if Black Lives Matter, in a sense. You know what I mean? Uh, so the Black Lives Matter movement was made more aware after the outrage sparked by the inhumane actions committed against George Floyd. Um, I just want to get your insight about what this movement means to you and the way that it has kind of um, been more on people's radar and how that kind of impacts the movement as a whole. Uh, Black Lives Matter, it's a movement that uh, has been there throughout history, especially uh, in North America and the Caribbean. In North America, like in the US, we had uh, Black Panthers that uh, were doing the same uh, thing. 
but uh, it gained popularity uh, during the death of George Floyd, whereby people were like literally tired. And not only black people that were tired, uh, allies of black people too were tired. And that's what sparked the movement around the world whereby people were seeking to highlight the racism, discrimination and inequality that our black people experience. It has been used as a platform or a tool uh, to illustrate uh, the profiling that is there against black people, the killings that are, is done by uh, police officers or people in authority around North America and other continents that are is apart from Africa. Um, yeah. Definitely, and, and to just build off from what Shogunia said um, about how um, Black Lives Matter has, has been for centuries, I think, personally, I believe it's the, the, the whole idea about Black Lives Matter started from when the first uh, slaves who were here said to resist uh, white colonialism. Um, I think that's, that is the beginning of Black Lives Matter. And today, I think, is still pushing that message of individuality and owning one's authority in you know and and having control over their own lives and 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 and, and living you know in a fair society i think what it means to me i i, I think and i would like to answer this question in not just what it means to me but how i perceive it and i like to think about it this way i like to think about it like um a constructive criticism to society and I think when you give a constructive criticism to a person, you're technically telling the person to, well, I, I see this defect in you, in your skills or your character. And I think you need to work on this aspect of, your, of, of, of whether your skill or your character to become a better person. And I see that say, hey, um, this is a problem in society, right? And it, it's saying you need to work on these issues rather than just let it, slip you need to work on these issues and you need to listen to the people who are talking rather than just say yeah yeah i support you and then in the end just go back in your office and do nothing so i think it's about taking this seriously and and acting upon the request of the people and 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 the people who are, who are protesting who are saying this is what we want so and, and that's the way i see it yeah those are some really insightful uh responses i honestly didn't know that much about the history of black lives matter but the fact that it ran so far back in history it's um it makes sense to me now but honestly haven't really that thought hasn't really come across my mind so thank you both for for sharing that again uh, just talking about Black Lives Matter and the way that it's been portrayed in media, is there any way that media has skewed maybe the message of Black Lives Matter? And do you think that selective favoritism or just bias may play a role in this? Like I like I said earlier, it's like tokenism, like, oh my gosh, this is really hip right now. Let's get him to do this. Let's lift, let's, you know, get him on our team. Let's, let's, you know, get the black kids on our team. So we can show people we're cool too, you know? We're not racist, we're, we're actually cool. So in a sense, it's more of just to please the, the demographic, not to, you know, heal what has been done and not to celebrate all the beautiful things Black people have accomplished in their life. So it's more of just like a, something to do just to please, but not to really dive in and really look at it in, in depth, I would say things are just getting it uh, advertised and you're, you know, targeting black people more. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying, is it really coming from a heart that's purely trying to, you know, put more black faces in this or just to do it in a sense, just to, you know, show people that, Hey, we, 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 um, are cool. So can you comment about organizations that claim they support Black Lives Matter that did not do anything to really support Black History Month? Yeah, um, I know a friend who works for this company and for Black History Month, nothing has been said, you know, to him. And he I think he's one of the few Black workers who worked there. And he wasn't he was just very unhappy. He, he spoke to me and stuff. And then I was like, yo, what's up? He just says they're not doing anything to, you know, celebrate, you know, Black history and, and, and stuff like that. And I asked him, do they celebrate anything else? And he told me whenever there's like a, another, you know, thing happening with the world or, you know, uh, Earth Day or whatever other 
significant, you know, holiday or historical thingy that's happening in the world, they at least acknowledge it by, I don't know, posting about it or doing this or doing that. Or something is done, even if it's a, a small gesture as, you know, saying it to someone. So nothing has been done for him. So I, I told him, yo, you know, you should like freaking um, bombard them and, you know, <laughs> ask them what's up. So he did. And he told me they went about saying uh, they don't want to, they, they said they don't want to use it at some sort um, type of tokenism or some sort. They don't want to seem that way. But I just don't understand why they don't want to seem that way when it's literally not even that. Like he wasn't asking them to do a big thing. He was just asking why nothing has been mentioned concerning that. So I feel like for a company like that, as big as it is, there has to be, that is not, not acceptable because he's the, he's one of the uh, few black people that work there and a company as big as that, I can't even acknowledge that, that, you know, it just makes you ask you to ask yourself if there's something um, deeper, you know, if there's something, you know, you need to take a look at even more further. So I think definitely the media is biased. Um, I think there is no, like, I, I believe every media outlet is biased in some way. Um, and, and, and what I think also is that we live in a visual culture where by people can just put on an act and every, millions of people will believe that person and and the reason why i said we live in the visual culture is because you, I, I i i take this um analogy from a african human rights activist and once president of ghana i can't remember his name but he said basically that he described it as, as like a burger or a sandwich right and we the people beneath are the bottom bone and the government and big guys are the top one and in between, it's a finely sandwiched, uh, you know, whereby the people who are between are, and, 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 are, and are used as, as a control tool are the media, um, the police, and, and even the laws. Um, and if you think about it, I think, you know, the people and the government and the big guys who, uh, I like to refer to them as the big guys because not just the government, um, who are the top and, and have powers in, in certain in in place in society know that the media is a, is a way they can get to people and they just have to show that well i support black lives matter and people will believe them and they'll just put on a show and they'll go for march they'll go for protests with people but when they get back to their office that's the end of the story so i think we live in a like i said in mid in a visual culture whereby corporations can just hide their hypocrisy and and and, and show and show that they are allies to black people and and still go back to the office and do nothing. Um, and, you know, they just, and, and, and I think they did this because they want to keep the legitimacy of their power. And so that no one questions them and say, well, you have this power, you should, if you're not able to do this, step down. And, and they want like, no, 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 I support you. And really, they're not doing it. And for me, I, I would rather respect someone who truly shows that they are on the, on the other side of the line than a person who shows that they are on, side, on the side of you, on your side, but then stab you in the back or does nothing else. I think that is even more hurtful. And another thing is, I believe there's a double standard that, that exists. And I think it's insane because a clear example was just this last election, uh, 2021 election in America. <laughs> I'm sure everyone saw it, saw the hypocrisy and, and the double standard exists when there was a Black Lives Matter protest. Sure, I don't condone some certain the people who went in and stole people and broke into people's stores and stole. But you could see how the media and the police treated, treated people who were protesting. You could see how they defended someone who shot against protesters, a civilian who took up arm and shot against protesters, and they defended that person. In fact, that person went to court and was released and on no charge. And that person is working today free in society, right? But then when you look at the capital storm, right, they said, oh, well, these are just peaceful protesters until they, they even invaded the government and no one, none of the police even tried to shoot or try to handcuff anyone. They invaded the Capitol office and chased away the people, the government, the people who, the senators or whoever, whoever resides in the Capitol office. And you can see the double standard. And, and I, I think it's just insane. And that's my take on it. I think, yeah, there's the, the, definitely double standard exists in media. And we live in a visual culture whereby politicians and the big guys can just do whatever they think they can, 
they can do and just get free with, and just just for propaganda to not for, the, for their power and their, their, their status in society to not be questioned as long as there's no evidence to show against them that they are um, not doing this. And I think it's up to us to look at that hypocrisy and say, hey, I think you're being a hypocrite and you should, instead of being a hypocrite, you should better tell me that where you are, where you stand, and then we can know what to do from there. The capital storming is definitely a textbook example of what racism and double standards look like, especially in the you know, the modern day situation. And when it comes to this question, I do not have much experience on um, media and art. But again, we can all admit that uh, uh, media and art and technology that have shaped the way we perceive and see things. And it's a tool that have been used to be able to control the way we think, the way we act and the way we behave. And I would like to combine this question and with, along with, is black life matter losing integrity because of how commonly the term is used? Because there is a relationship between the two whereby what the media do is that a, yeah, since there is this something that uh, is upcoming and we are literally forced by what is happening now to acknowledge the existence of Black Lives Matter, whereby they'll just take a picture of a Black person and include that in the advertisement and use that as a claim to say that uh, they do acknowledge Black Lives Matter. But uh, is that all? And is that what they can do as their role? And yet media and arts, they shape who we are, how we perceive things and how we see things in general. And basically they try to skew around and go with what the market wants and what the people want to consume from that media outlet. And why did I have to merge it together with... uh, Black Lives Matter losing into its integrity because of how commonly the term is used, is that, uh, let's say, for instance, today, because it's more of an institutional uh, issue when it's come to media and art and how the term is commonly used. Let's just talk about uh, an institution. And if I take an example, UNB, I go to its board of directors today. I pose them a question like, uh, by just raising up your hand to answer to these two questions. And the first question is that, uh, does everyone or every board member here approve and think that uh, we should put an end to racism? And do you all acknowledge Black Lives Matter? Certain that a hundred percent of the participant or the board of directors of UNB, uh, they'll raise up their hand to say that they support that. And if I pose them a second question, like, will UNB and other entities that you're involved in, can you promise that you will push and guarantee that they'll be able to set a budget aside that will be able to combat racism. None of them can be able to guarantee you that. And that's where the problem comes from. It's that uh, people are there to talk. Uh, People are there acknowledging, not acknowledging, accepting verbally. They do see the importance of Black Lives Matter and the importance of uh, putting an end to, uh, to racism. But uh, action or people willingness to act, that's what is not there. And when we talk about media and art, they are managed by board of directors of which those board of directors themselves, they are not willing to embrace it and do take the necessary actions that are supposed to be taken to put an end or to make Black Lives Matter a reality and not only a movement or something that our people should be chanting about. Because uh, I remember when the Black Lives Matter movement was so loud to an extent that uh, nobody had the power to shy away from it. Uh, One of my roommates was like, and that was also backed up by the media too. They were not in support of Black Lives Matter and they were in support of uh, All Lives Matter. People who are in support of All Lives Matter and not Black Lives Matter, uh, it's based on the things that they consume from the media 
and art. How do we change that narrative? It's basically on the institutions themselves that are managed by people being in a position of willing to take actions and not only accepting it verbally that a Black Lives Matter should be a reality. That's what I can say And on how does the media and arts skew the idea of Black Lives Matter. Um, indeed, just, just, just also add real quick uh, to what Shekhani said. I think definitely because of how things have been portrayed in media, and like I said, we live in a visual culture where as long as you just show then it's, it's, it's almost okay, right? I think definitely that Black Lives Matter is losing its integrity because, uh, take for instance, in the state of Georgia today, um, and I'm not sure you the state of Georgia, there's what they call an Ahmad Arbery Day, right? I don't know if you've, if you've seen the news. They declared a day, not a holiday called Ahmad Arbery. I think that is just propaganda, okay? And I think it's propaganda for the people, for the people who currently run the state of Georgia to keep their power and to, to, to obtain legitimacy from the population because, okay, if you want to have a day for Ahmed Arbery, why not have a day for every other person who has been killed by police brutality? Why not have a day for Breonna Taylor? Why not have a day for George Floyd? Keep having days until you have no more days in the year to add to the amount of people that you have, you know, taken off, taken off the streets and, 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 and separated from their families and loved ones, right? And I think it's just, it's propaganda. And then that, that in essence, that, that makes the, the, the essence of Black Lives Matter to be, to be lost because the demands, the real demands are not even being worked on. I'm at every day and I support Black Lives Matter, but in the end, nothing is being changed. So what's the point of, 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 all, of, of all the efforts then? I don't even know that Georgia had, had made a day designated for Ahmad Arbery Day. Um, but yeah, I can certainly see how that is problematic. So talking about all the issues here of how media has skewed the idea of Black Lives Matter, is there any way that we can improve going forward? How can we kind of refresh and revitalize the, the meaning of Black Lives Matter um, when we're continuing the advocacy for uh, Black people? I think, first of all, it's important to question and point out the hypocrisy in media and it's time to start to live in reality it's time to shift to a real culture the culture that does not strictly i just i just don't show that oh well i i, I put on my page my black lives, uh, black, or black lives matter or black lives matter ally and period and that's it i think it's time to live in a reality whereby look these problems are not going to disappear if you just put on your social media bio that you're a black lives matter ally that's not gonna that is not gonna not that is not gonna change a damn thing right I think what it needs to be done is that people need to start bringing off their skills, right, and helping in many ways. And people need to use their voice in many ways. I think it's time to live in in reality and rather than just a show culture. That's what I, that's what I think. And and to point out the hypocrisy that exists in the media and in the people who are in power. Yes, and for me, what I can say on that is that. Uh... I since everything on earth is mainly managed by individuals and I wanted to target the change to start from an individual point of view. I'm going to mainly focus myself at a, an individual level whereby we are supposed to acknowledge that what we've learned about the history of Black Canadian in high school uh, and especially in uh, history books was a sanitized version and was vastly incomplete and a misrepresentation of a Black Canadian history. And one has to take it upon themselves to actively educate themselves and their younger generations, if they're older folks, uh, on the reality of anti-Black history in Canada. As the history of Black Canadian is ghastly absent uh, from the history of Canada, it is not only important to learn about the complete and correct history of Black Canadian, but also it's critical to question its absence, both in media and the environment that we are living in. And one way to start will be mainly to read Black scholars' work, listen, uh, hear stories and experiences from Black people or Black members within your community. And until when we start merging the work of scholars, Black scholars, the history and the experiences that we learn and try to listen from 
black community or black members within our community that will empower us to be able to acknowledge the gap and the absence that is there and as the people or as individuals they will start taking actions on questioning why that gap or why the absence as we all know the media will always try as much as they can to put content that are, they know a lot of people are going to consume and if those consumers they are questioning the absence of black people within media and art for sure those uh, people in charge of uh, media and art they will have to incorporate that and also those decision makers in media and art if they take these steps uh, that will be a way forward towards uh, resolving that issue and the gap that exists so i'm hearing is the importance of education I personally feel like it's really important to push that agenda too. And that's why through my organization, Shades of Change, we really try to target the younger younger population, especially middle school and elementary schools, to talk about issues of racism um, so that they can start thinking about these issues at a younger age. And hopefully that'll help, you know, fire or fuel the their curiosity in those areas that um, they'll come to become more aware of as they grow older. So yeah, it's totally agree with that statement too. So what I was thinking is, um, well, in the line of education, I, I'm sure we've all heard about the critical race theorem, uh, whereby, uh, you know, schools are supposed to teach about how race intersects with the laws in, in, in the state. I think it's important. These laws were not made with people of color in, in mind. I'm just going to say that honestly. You know, these laws were made hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and it's slowly, very slowly changing, you know, and, and not a lot of people understand that, right? So I think it's important to teach about race and how it intersects with modern society and laws and judicial systems. Uh, so we talked about Black Lives Matter in a largely westernized perspective. From my understanding, it's something that only happens in Western cultures. So I'm wondering how Black Lives Matter is perceived back home for you. Uh, this is interesting because uh, I remember I was in one of uh, the podcasts and I was asked, like, do you guys celebrate the concept of uh, Sankofa or Sankoro back home? And I was like, we, we do not, because uh, I first realized that I'm Black uh, when I reached in North America. And uh, that's when I realized that I'm Black, because uh, back home, uh, racism doesn't exist. And uh, the culture everywhere in Africa is that uh, when you have a visitor or a foreigner, uh, somebody who is uh, not from that country or from that continent, you're sort of treated with respect. I mean, any visitor that, that's in the embedded in the African culture. And in all that you do, you put the visitor first and you yourself come second. I guess that's one of the reasons why uh, people going to Africa, they do not experience racism. And I didn't acknowledge and I didn't know the importance of a Black Lives Matter. But again, if I was to go back home today, I for sure would experience it because uh, with uh, people exposure to the media and also uh, the way people are consuming information, it's not only regulated by the media industries. Because uh, let's look at uh, what is going on, what is going on in Ukraine and Russia. The Ukrainian, the Russian government may dictate on what people, what it wants people to see. But again, with access to technology, people will take videos, uh, people will post stuff, so you can be able to see stuff that are, are usually not in the main media uh, companies. To some Africans, they always say like well, if uh, people are experiencing that brutality and people literally have uh, to suffer for being Black, why can't they come back home? When I came here, that's when I literally experienced uh, racism for the first time because I remember it was my second month in one of the apartment whereby the landlord was like, I do have some of my loyal tenants here that have been here for years and years like more than 30 years. 
and they are not comfortable about you uh, standing in the hallway. And he was like, can you do us a favor? Like when you're in the hallway, you just like go out and come in and not like even make a phone call or stand there. I was so shocked to an extent that I didn't have anything to respond. I didn't say anything. I left. And I, after some time coming back to it, we had to involve people who are in charge of um, landlords and tenants. And they gave them a warning and saying that uh, in case if I'm to evacuate, I'll, I'll leave the place at the expense of the landlord. And wherever that I'm going, they'll have to be paying literally my rent for the whole time that I'll be going, I'll be there. So back home, we didn't see that. But uh, today, for sure, if I'm to go back home uh, with what has been happening in North America and around the world, they will, I will be able to see the importance of Black Lives Matter. So there is a lot that is happening these days and uh, with the power of media and the power of people. I mean, I do acknowledge and believe that everywhere on earth, they do acknowledge and feel the importance and the needs of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, like, like Shonga Ya said, there's no racism back home. Same with me, like my original country from birth, Nigeria. I, I, I can't remember there being racism. Uh, I think some people can get jealous of your lunch, but that's about it. Uh, in South Africa, however, <laughs> that's a different story. I would even like to argue it's even much worse <laughs> than, than Canada low-key because South Africa has its issues, as beautiful as the country is. I love the country, but there's still some residue, you know, apartheid um, thingy that's been left. And they're working through it, but, you know, it, I definitely experienced racism at, at full, full, full effect in South Africa. Um, yeah. So which got me thinking, like, damn, why are people like this? And in Canada, I kind of also see it, you know, you know, bringing his face up again, the whole racism and all that. And it got me thinking, I just don't understand. It's not like people haven't been educated about this or maybe they haven't. And it's up to us, uh, BIPOC people, to, you know, educate people about, you know, diversity and, you know, minority struggles. But also, why is it up to us? Why can't the government do better? Because they claim that they they want the they, they want the all their citizens to be happy. There definitely has to be some institutional changes to get stuff actually progressing. So yeah, I completely agree with that. <laughs> Um, I just think it's interesting that you talked about um, just how it's really racist within South Africa. I just remember seeing a stat was saying that South Africa is 10% white, 90% black, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, they're, still, they're still racist. It's not like the racism that's like, you know, they just say it in your face. Ha, I'm racist. Get out of here. You know, it's not like that. It's, it's more sneaky and you don't really, you may overlook it and be like, maybe just, you know, it's just plain or, and when, and the more you overlook it, the more you would be conditioned to thinking he's just, you know, a type of person who plays that way. He doesn't really mean it. And that's something that I, I almost fell into, you know, I feel like if I had stayed in South Africa longer, like I'm not dissing that country. I love it. I want to go back actually. But if I had stayed there longer before I moved to Canada, I might be, you know, in the mindset of, Maybe that's just the way people are here. Maybe they don't mean no harm, but I just feel like people aren't just as educated or they are educated and they don't want to learn because ignorance is just the worst. It was it was lunch and I was walking in the halls. I think one of my one of my friends were was Chad and Sloan. And then Sloan was like, go away, we don't want you here walking in the hall together. And I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe they I'm I'm just not, you know, their friend group or whatever. And then I'm like, but it's a hallway. I'm literally just walking in the hallway to to go to the next destination. Why don't they want to want me to walk with them in the hallway? So I guess maybe now I see it as they don't want to be seen 
walking with a black guy. They don't want other people to think a black guy is part of the, you know, squad and group, you know. And they they always they also do it like in a sense that they use these words to, you know, identify black people. I mean, they don't say, you know, the N-word, but they say something else. And I just thought when I was in South Africa, it's just the type of way they they just, you know, I guess call black people. I didn't really think of it as much, but it's it's really sickening now that I think about it. So to conclude our conversation, how do you think is the best ways and best practices for allies to support the Black Lives Matter movement in a in a genuine way and not in the sort or not in the way that media is portraying Black Lives Matter right now? And what kind of conversations and support uh, should or could allies be giving towards the Black Lives Matter movement? Yes, uh, first of all, I would like to appreciate the way uh, the question was phrased, because Black Lives Matter does not need a savior. It needs allies. And uh, I was really, it was really thoughtful of uh, you guys who worked on organizing to put this event, because you literally acknowledged and you know the importance of uh, Black Lives Matter needing allies and not saviors. To make the most of uh, Black History Month, that uh, as we started, we say that it shouldn't only be January or one month alone, cannot be able to put an end. I was close to graduating my high school, back home, and when I was preparing to come over here, and I was just like in the whole trying to explore and research this whole society and all that at that time. So yeah, uh, BLM is not seen the way it's as it's in here, but I think the essence is that it's still seen as you know an end to Western superiority in especially in influencing our governments. Because I can tell you for a fact today that there are still some African countries that are controlled by the West, and I'm not going to say who, which country or which the parties, but I, uh, that is for a fact. Shogunia knows this as well. So yes, for sure, I think BLM is seen as an end to Western influence in our culture and in our governments. And it was vastly incomplete and a, misrepre- a misrepresentation of Black Canadian history. And therefore, one needs to come up with ways on themselves on how they can be able to get accurate information. And that's by listening to uh, Black people within their community and trying to read and listen to scholars, black scholars on this topic of injustice and uh, racism that has been going on forever. And also another aspect that I wanted to look at is that uh, one should begin to understand uh, anti-black racism shouldn't be confined in form of uh, knowledge only, but uh, rather one has to emphasize and to start seeing racism uh, manifest within our own spaces that uh, we have previously abandoned or failed to acknowledge. And more importantly, black communities are impacted by racism, especially if it occurs in the spheres of influence and that goes resulting into structural racism. And therefore, uh, we should cultivate the courage to speak up, take action and stop it at any cost. And something that I also would like to add on that is that uh, way it is easy to point out racism that is uh, occurring outside, it's extremely difficult and uncomfortable for one to be able to acknowledge the bias and prejudice that's around that surround race and black community within ourselves and i would like to call to all people to learn more about, uh, to learn more about uh, black canadian history and pays uh, focused attention to black experiences in canada and also one should look inward and reflect on any changes ideologically or behavioral changes that are one need to undergo to become a genuine, more of like an important ally of the Black community. And it's also important not to misunderstand the role of any ally with the role of a savior. And uh, we do not need saviors at the moment, we need allies. And 
that's what I can say and that's what I can ask for uh, people who want to be joining uh, allies of uh, Black Lives Matter and Black communities in Canada and North America. Allies should definitely not fight to fight for us. They should help us because it's 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 not it's not their fight. You know what I mean? It's it's our fight. And, and the worst part is seeing, you know, a white person trying to act like they've 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 been with the struggle with us. You know, just because I don't know you you marry a black person, they think they're black now. They think they understand the struggle. Just because your best friend is a black person, you think you understand everything. Some people might even think they get to say the N-word too just because their best friends are the black. No, that can't slide by me. Definitely our fight. And definitely should they should allies should ask as much question as they possibly can. For me, of course, I'm I never get tired of questions, especially when it's coming from a genuine place of curiosity and trying to better the understanding and knowledge about this topic really should not fight the fight as if it's theirs to be fought. You know, it's almost like, uh, all right, I'm going to fight the fight. And if I win, it's like nothing happened. I, it doesn't slide by me is what I'm saying. So allies should be educated as much as possible. And education is what can help this world. Um, I think this is exactly sort of the ways we're talking about um, to bring change in society. Um, and I think for me, the one thing I would say to people who are interested in being change, and it might sound idealistic, but I think it's, I, I think it's important for people to get comfortable with with the uncomfortable, right? And I, I also definitely think it's important for people to take personal time and to grow on grow on themselves, um, because you can only and become a better person because if you you become a better person by yourself, then you'll become a better person to society, and so you can be a better help uh, to societal problems. And uh, so I think it's important for people to definitely work on themselves for for a start. And eventually give uh, be, be of help to to uh, black plasma uh, black organizations and I, I, I kind of like took a break from social media for a while. I, I just think that's the way I see it. That's why I see. It. I think it's important for people to take time personally and just just grow and be a better person. And then you can be a better person if you if you clear, if you say you are a black plasma ally or you want to be a black plasma ally. Then that comes responsibilities. Um, and then you you just have to. Uh, be active um, by using your voice and using your skills um, of support and kindness to someone. Just to touch on your point with uh, where you talked about just focusing on yourself and not with social media, it certainly resonated with me. I just find that whatever mainstream media talks about, people kind of adopt it as their own line of thinking. And I think that's something that people are missing out on these days is just developing their own thought process um, coming to their own conclusions for different things and different topics, uh, finding their own opinions based on those research, uh, that research that they've performed. And I, yeah, I feel like that's really lost with social media. And again, certainly resonate with what you said. Yeah, because in, in social media today, there's a lot of propaganda. Everyone is trying to spread their own ideas. Everyone thinks my opinion and my and what I believe is is is, is true. Well, well, well. So does billions of people think. That their opinions is true, but you can't. Society cannot function that way, um, and you have to look within yourself and, and say, "Look, what what is better? What is better?" Um, and 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 there's nothing wrong with having opinions, but then if your opinions are hurtful to uh, to other people, then then that is just wrong. It's okay for people to have opinions, but when someone has an opinion and a power and vision, then that becomes a problem. And you can see examples of people in power who have opinions and have a vision and that becomes a problem. So I think it's important for people to just grow on themselves. Uh, to see substantial changes in the status of uh, racism in Canada, transformation on an individual level is simply not enough. Uh, we, as the people, we need to see and seek black communities uh, to get equal opportunities in Canada and across all 
uh, sectors like um, workplace, education, health, justice system, military, politics, policing, and so forth. And concrete steps of uh, reparations need to be taken on institutional level uh, by the government officials. And uh, this applies also not only to black people and also to indigenous people, because they are also a group that is marginalized. And in general is that uh, people in leadership position and policymakers, we need to put pressure on them to start acting. And for that, it will help us to materialize People need to collectivize and put uh, pressure on their representative in the government to pass bills and write policies that are mandate, a correct and complete curriculum of uh, Black History Month in schools and also uh, a true Indigenous history uh, in school that uh, provide the minority community with a leveraging field in all sectors of our society, of which it will enable the Black people to be empowered and they'll be protected and will be enabled to succeed and protect themselves from discrimination. Yeah, it just goes to show that um, the ultimate goal of Black Lives Matter and most advocacy groups uh, advocating for BIPOC Uh, communities in general is just creating that systemic and institutional change and we hope that with more conversation around the topic more influence that uh, social media or media and these uh, advocacy groups and organizations have uh, and pressurize the government to actually create change hopefully that'll create a better community and um, environment for the future generations um UNB as an institution, they are not doing anything. They just acknowledge, but they are not doing anything to be an ally of uh, uh, Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter being a reality. I being part of um, uh, the new UNB community, I would like to say uh, before we make a call to other people, how best can we ask UNB to act and not and stop acknowledging that our Black Lives Matter uh, should be a reality and start implementing it being a reality. I agree. And my, my own final words, I think, would be just this two, these four words. Let's talk more action. Great. Thank you for your time, uh, Cola, Shagonia, and Harmony. Hopefully that has uh, caused our listeners to think more about the influence of Black Lives Matter and the overall message that Black Lives Matter um, represents within the society. And hopefully this has caused some points of reflection for you too, um, as well as just a better overall insight as to what this movement means and the further steps and actions that you can take to be better allies for the Black community. Thank you so much for our listeners for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. If you guys can check out my album, I'd appreciate it. It's called The Best of Yet to Come on Spotify, Apple Music, and everything. Thank you so much for listening.